Yo, 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 what's going on with y'all? It's your boy Convo with Marlo. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest here with me today. Childhood hero. The man from YTV, The Zone, you name it. If you're born and raised or at least raised in Canada, you for sure heard of this man. Who do I have the pleasure of being here with? Um, I'm Carlos Bustamante, uh, and it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm just wow. a, I'm just a regular dad right now. I'm just some, I'm just a dude. That's it. Nah, but you you, you can't. Great, man. You can't say it. you're not just a dude, especially for us Canadians. You're you're more than just that. You're someone that, like, when when we'd watch you, it's just crazy because the personality, the tap dancing, everything. Oh man, time would just fly when I would <laughs> when I'd watch you on TV. Nah, and, and it's crazy. Like, I remember there'd be days. Um, I'd watch you on TV, talk to talk to the friends about you in elementary school, and here I am now, face to well, FaceTime or whatever you want to call it, and ah, it, it's just crazy how the world works. It's it's crazy. This is great. I will say that you know, so the way that we cross paths, and you know this story, but I'll tell everyone this story. Yes, sir. Is I was in town in Edmonton for the Junos, and you happened to be in the lobby cafe waiting for another interview, and because you're you're working, you're always working because you're hustling. You're yes, like, sir. hey, <laughs> yes, and you came sir. right up and you said, hey. And um, it's one of my favorite things. I'll say this right up front um, because I know like you, you were talking about your friends when you were a kid and now your peers are all, you know, in your 20s and whatnot now. One of my favorite things, honestly, is when people who, um, let's say, watch YTV when they were younger and they know me, they might recognize me from there, will come up to me and let me know what they're doing and that they are, uh, curious about the world and pursuing things that are uh, going to make them happy or whatever the case may be. I love hearing about all that. So I am, uh, I feel fortunate that we had a chance to meet up that day. Oh yeah. When I, it's crazy too. Cause when, um, when you walked in, I'm staring at, at you, but the thing is, I know I, I, as sad as it, as it is to say, I know I'm made to some people have an intimidating look, intimidating body size. I've gone that before. I don't I don't see it. But obviously, I can't mm. see it from other people's point of view. But when I saw you, I'm like, hold on. Is that that can't be I saw you quickly look my way. I looked the other way because I didn't want to make you feel weird because, you know, uh, I, I'm not really used to. I don't know how to react to when I run into people of status. I Like, it's not really a thing of mine. So when I saw you. I quickly went, I quickly searched you up and I'm like, okay, it looks like him, but the pictures Wikipedia was showing was with a buzz cut. So I couldn't right. make out of You're it. You're like, confirm, have to confirm. But when I went <laughs> on your Instagram, I started looking at the features, the no structure. I'm like, okay, no, it's, it's him. So I turned around <laughs> and I'm like, are you, are you Carlos from YTV? And then, yeah. um, we, we, we spoke a little bit. I guess you couldn't really hear me. You told me, um, you know, to get a little bit closer. I was like, no way. No way, I'm really about to talk to this man face to face. But yeah, those, <laughs> those are the little things that, that it sticks with people. And it shows like how genuine you are. You're the same person on, on screen as you are off screen, if that makes sense. It's like, you're mm. just humble and, and I like it. it didn't, everything felt genuine. It wasn't awkward. It wasn't any of that. Yet, even though the conversation was short, I wish it was longer. It was nice. The, the quick, what, 30 seconds it was? Cool, cool. Nah, that's... Well, we have a chance now. Oh this yeah, is this is the follow-up. You know? Oh yeah. So, so now diving into my question, I want to ask: um, wh Where are you from? What's your background? Uh, so, I was born in the Philippines. Um, okay, okay. I'm from Manila originally. Kamusta ka? And 
Yeah, very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, moved to Canada, to Vancouver at a very young age, like three years old. And just kind of like lived in different places across Canada, Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto. And here I am. Wow. Okay. So so when, when did you ship from Vancouver to Toronto? Around what age was that? Uh, still young. It was like everything was around like my dad's work, right? So we lived in Vancouver for a little bit um with family there when we first came here and then we went to calgary i want to say i was like maybe five uh, so you're in alberta for a little bit so in alberta for a little bit so yeah when i was young you know i mean um i had family in edmonton as well or like friends and family in edmonton so we'd visit there as well um spent a lot of fun young years in calgary became a canadian citizen uh around that time when i was five also and then came over to Toronto, to GTA. Um, must have been like eight years old, something okay, like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and you've just been in Toronto ever since? Ever since. Wow. That's it. So mm-hmm. your, your early childhood, if I was to ask you from about, let's say, age eight to maybe 14, 15, what, what was around those type uh, times like for you? Growing what up was it the, like? Yeah, growing up in the GTA area. Um... It was good. I I had a blessed childhood. I felt, um, I mean, I was a nerdy kid. So, you know, it was like, I, I'm the youngest of three. Okay. I have an older brother who's like about 10 years older than me. So it was really great about being in that position as a kid was like, he was like the cool guy to me. He was also a nerd. Like he, <laughs> he'll admit that he is a nerd still now, but like he was like a cool nerd. And so I got to hang out with him and his friends and like, um, I was I was partying with them like kind of at a younger age, maybe younger than I should have been. But also at the same at the same time, you know, I got to play my Nintendo that I like to do and um, just watch a lot of cartoons like I like to do. But I also was involved in dance at a very young age. So around mm. around the time that we moved here, yeah, same year that we moved to uh, to GTA uh, is when I started doing like tap dance lessons. And so that's when the whole thing about like, oh, maybe becoming a performer uh, of some sort or being in entertainment in some way, kind of like that's where the seed was planted mm. around that exact age, eight years old. So my life, aside from like, you know, like I said, just a second ago, being a nerd and playing video games, whatever, was really dedicated to being in the dance studio. Well, so so you, you were a gamer slash tap dancer. Yes, rare, a rare breed, especially, <laughs> especially at the time. Very rare breed at the time. So if I if I was to ask you which which you saw yourself enjoying more, which uh, which one would you tell me? Tap dancing, video oh. gaming, you know. Mm, what I'm saying? That's tough. It's very very different ways. Uh, I love both things in very very different ways. Um, there is like this dancing was kind of like. It was what I did for extracurriculars, and it also was kind of like my job at a young age. Yeah. If that makes sense, like when, uh, you know, like my my son, for example, is is twelve now, and he's like a competitive gymnast, and that's kind of like his job, right? Outside of school, so that was my job outside of school. So I loved doing it. It was hard at times. It was super fun, but gaming is like the thing that you do to just chill, yeah, and relax. Or or it was. Now everyone's now it's everyone else's second job oh yeah now but. now now gaming is paying mortgage you got you got people Buddy. millionaires off of video game i saw i saw a um a 14 year old 
won 14 million out of this Fortnite competition. I'm like, no way he's a millionaire before like puberty is fully settled in. You know, the the funniest thing was like being uh, being that age and like going to arcades and like playing Street Fighter and stuff and convincing my mom that I'm like, no, mom, like there's co-, like at the time it was just like competitions you would go to essentially at the arcade. I'm like, mom, there's cash prizes. Like people are winning money doing this stuff. Like you can have a job being a, a, a gamer. She's like, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, work hard in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, wild now. So, you know. My kids picking up a controller uh, is amazing to me because it's just like part of who they are. It's not a weird thing like it was when I was growing up. Yeah. Like they love it. I love it. It's great. Yeah. That's how um, parents that aren't that are from uh, different parts of the world that come into Canada. I noticed that the mindset for all of them is the same. No matter what you do, you stay in school. School comes before everything. So I, mm-hmm. I know exactly where that's coming from. I remember growing up. um, I tell my mom, oh, I want to be in the NBA. I have hoop dreams. And my mom's like, no NBA for you. For as long as you're my son, you're going to become a lawyer, doctor, this or that. She would tell me what I should do. Yeah, very, very similar. I think I think that you you get it. You hit it on the head. Like a lot of people uh, that I know had that same sort of upbringing. And it comes from a place of, of love, right? And protection, oh, yeah. for sure. But when you know what you want and you can prove to them that you can do what you do, that becomes a bit of a different story. Oh yeah, um, growing up, where, did you have strict parents? Were your were your parents lenient? Well, I guess you kind of uh, told me a little bit, so, but yeah, uh, parents were they strict, lenient? How how were they like? They were the strictest of like my group of friends. Mm, for, no for sleepovers, sure. not allowed to be out past a certain time. You got to be it home before like, school's done. Yeah, there was <laughs> there was a lot of that stuff. It was like you know the other thing was too they both worked. So after school, I would go to either I'd go right to the dance studio or I might go to a friend's house and my mom would come pick me up and we'd just be playing like Sega Genesis or whatever. But um, other than that, you know, if my friends were allowed to go off on their own doing something, I wasn't allowed to go off on with them doing that thing or whatever. So, yeah, it was a bit it was a little bit uh, guarded, but I understood it. And it also was not. I don't know. There were times I remember growing up, obviously, as you get into your like older youth years and your teenage years, you start to be like, yo, like, I need my independence. I need my independence. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I was also, also so busy with dance that that kind of was like my outlet to be out among friends and peers doing something that I loved. It was just a different way to do it. So yes, long story short, they were, uh, strict about a bunch of things but I also had the opportunity to still really enjoy myself in more of like a focused way if that oh, yeah. makes sense no I see I see yeah. what you mean for for me I, it, it was it was really the same uh, my parents I, I couldn't breathe unless they told me to that's what it was and there'd be a lot of times especially when I came to Canada I didn't really know much about like people doing sleepovers or hanging out at, at a very young age. So I remember when mm. I first brought that up to my dad, like, hey, dad, um, all the friends are having a sleepover. I want to know if I can go. He laughed. He laughed right. Yeah. He's like, you can sleep in your room. <laughs> Why do you need to sleep over at someone else's place? And at a yeah. young age, I, I would always be very mad. Like, look at all the opportunities I'm missing. Look at all the, the hanging out time I'm missing out on because you just don't want me to go out. But as I get older, I kind of see like that really they're really wasn't much to that 
Yeah. Like, it, it makes so, more sense as you get older. It makes more sense as you get older. How old were you when you came over? When I came over, I was 10. You were 10. Yeah. Okay, so you, are, you already had like, you know, by 10 years old, you've already kind of formed who you are in yeah. a way. As a it, kid, at least, you got friends, you got all that. And you come over here and things are, are where did you come from? No, I didn't. That, that was what, that's just what I was about to get into. My, yeah. everybody in my family is from Haiti. I'm from Florida. Mm -hmm. I'm coming from Florida. But the, but the Florida. thing is the area that I grew up in, it might as well have been Haiti because everybody from the island was all in that specific area. So mm -hmm. whatever, whatever trait and religious belief they had over there, they brought it here. So it basically felt like I grew up on the island. So, so the whole concept to the sleepover thing and all that other type of stuff, like I didn't know about any of that until I came here, the, the free world or whatever people like to call it. I get that. I get that too. Cause the way it was with us, and this is stories told to me by like cousins that lived in the Philippines longer, right. Yeah. Or that stayed there for their whole lives. It's like, uh, all the families know each other, either you're related or all the families already know each other. Exactly. So you go to school with people who, you know, your parents know their parents, know their grandparents, know everyone knows everyone. So people know each other's business. Here, it's very different. Like, people are coming from all over, right, to, to live in the same neighborhood. So in order to get to know people, you have to actually get to know them. You don't just kind of like get graduated into knowing them because they're family or friends of family. So that was one of the big things. I think one of the hurdles was like, well, we don't really know so-and-so. You can have a sleepover with your cousin, you know, your cousin's going to come over for Christmas or whatever it is, and they'll stay over. But the other thing, we're not doing that thing. Exactly. And I, and I, and I get it. It's like um, you do really, at, at least, you know, from, from my parents' point of view, I think, and I do love them for this too in a way, but they, you, you hold on to what you were raised with. And so changing for the sake of changing just because you're in another place can can seem like why would i do that right why mm -hmm. would you do that yeah as um as i was doing some research on you i um so you said you're from the gta gta area i said here burlington mm -hmm. burlington yes. ontario you know mm -hmm. when, when you're speaking ontario all people really know is toronto so how far is mm -hmm. burlington from toronto it's about a 45 minute drive 40. Okay, okay. well you know Clear, clear sailing, 40 minutes, Yeah. big traffic, a little bit longer. But it is that thing about Toronto. It's like, if you go anywhere, people will know Toronto. Yeah. But if you say, oh, Oakville, or oh, Burlington, people go, eh? so you might as well just say Toronto. Toronto, right? exactly. Like, it me, makes when, sense. When, I'm talking to, when I tell people I'm from Florida, nobody knows Naples. I'm from Naples. So since they don't know that, I just say Miami. Because everybody Cause, knows yeah, Miami. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so yeah, out in Burlington, what what uh, what school did you attend when when you were were out there? So I went to high school, uh, a place called Notre Dame, which is still here. Okay. Um, my sister went there, and I went there, and uh, yeah, it was cool. It was like met, made a lot of really good friends there that I still talk to to this day. I think my closest friends are are some of the people that I met there in school at that school. Um. It's just like a neighborhood school. They, I don't know. Not, they, you know, I didn't. I didn't realize that there were schools that were specializing in like arts, like arts high schools mm, that you could go to. Yeah. So at the time, I was just like, "Oh, I'm just going to school, having a good time, trying to figure it all out, like everybody does." 
So when um when you when you finally graduated high school, how did high school um or going from high school transition everything that you learned throughout school transition into what everybody knows you as today? What did you mm-hmm. did you first go from high school to a a part time job and then work your way up to Carlos from YTV? Like how 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 did you go from high school Carlos to YTV Carlos? When I was in school. I had a, a bunch of different jobs, but one of the main jobs I had was working at a Costco doing uh, food demos. You know, when you go to Costco and you're like, people will hand you out like, the oh, samples. here's the new whatever samples. Yeah. That was so, so me, so who, how many of us were there? One, two, three, four, maybe five of us of my closest friends in high school all worked that job. And like, we would try to get the same shift so we could all hang out together. And so it was like, we just kind of worked in that Costco warehouse every weekend. Um, It was us, like the young guys in high school. And it was like the retired ladies. Like there was nothing in between. It was like this group of like nerdy, whatever kids from high school. And then this group of like retired ladies who, who like treated us like their kids the entire time. Um, So it was like a weird job to have, but it was, it was a lot of fun because of the company, obviously. Um, but at the same time, so it was school, it was that job. Uh, I also was teaching dance already at that age. And then I started auditioning for shows by, by the time I was in like the middle of my high school career. So my last two, the last two or three years of high school, I was already um, dancing in theater shows uh, mm. in downtown Toronto. And that was like the the path that I was on was, oh, I think I'm going to be doing stage work and music videos like i think that's what i'm going to be i think i'm going to be a dancer that had been what was in my head since i was um probably like 12 years old 11 12 13 years old uh what ended up happening with me was i was trying to figure out where to go after high school like mm-hmm. what was going to be my post-secondary career and i ended up going to a place called the randolph academy at the time it's called randolph academy now it's called the randolph college uh, for performing arts i believe yeah. in toronto proper and so I spent two years at that school uh, getting bit by the like acting bug and the singing bug and all that. Cause it was like a triple threat, what they call the triple threat program yeah. where you, you came in as one or two of these things, actor, singer, dancer, and then you left hopefully being good at all three. I don't know how good I am at all three, but <laughs> hopefully like that was the goal. And so what ended up happening was while I was there, I auditioned for YTV. YTV was looking for um, hosts at the time. Sugar was by herself. She'd been by herself for, I think, we were like six months, half a year, something like that. And um, uh, and I auditioned, and then I got a call back, and I got another call back, and I started. And that was it. It was a very unexpected sort of career path for me, but it clearly fit, and it was something that I um, was funny. You know, it, you and I were talking even before we started about um when you're a kid watching people on tv right like yeah. thinking about who they are and not knowing what they're what they're like and what they do whatever i of course had watched YTV growing up as well and so that opportunity came along but i never thought of it as before that opportunity came along excuse me i never thought of it as a career path and i had watched this guy called phil guerrero pj phil who was you know he was the dude when i was a kid um and when i joined up when they hired me i was like i can't believe i'm here this is wild to me and then it became you know it became my life 
Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <clears throat> As I was um doing some little bit of digging, I I don't know why, but whole time when I first started watching YTV it was around I'd say maybe 08. I think it was 07, mm. 08 around there. Okay. But um mm -hmm. yeah, I started doing some digging. I see that you've been doing this since 02. It said here that you started in 02. And when you started, yep. um you were introduced as a janitor. Yes. Like when they say janitor, are like was that your character that you played or were you like literally a janitor? <laughs> <laughs> it was a storyline that we came up with. Cause I had, I had auditioned, like I told you while I was in school um, to be uh, a co-host and the, you know, the tasks involved obviously being on camera, learning how to do interviews, learning how to produce and write, mm. but also just come up with sketches and come up with ideas that we would do. My co-host at the time, Sugar, who is a phenomenally talented person. Um, uh, we were like our partners in crime in all this. And the two of us had this real passion for like, just trying to do our version of things that we loved yeah. shows and movies and whatever. And I also had uh, a really great producer named Lisa Wisniewski who uh, was hilarious. And um, we all sort of came up with this idea that I would be this janitor at YTV. And at night I would be, you know, pretending I was hosting and dancing and whatever. And there was like the security cameras caught me doing that. And the story was Sugar was looking for a host to uh, to take over for the guy, Pat, that had just left. And she saw me on security camera and was like, oh, I got to recruit this guy. And I think the story was like on the first day, she comes after me and I think I'm in trouble. And we end up doing this chase. Like she chases me around the whole building because I think she's going to get me in trouble and fire me or whatever. And then she ends up asking me to join. So that was the first uh, storyline that we ever put on TV together. And it's funny that you that, that you asked that about like whether it was real or not, because it's, it's, it's funny to me talking to, to people that have grown up watching. Yeah, yeah. And thinking about what, when you're a kid, what do you think is real and what do you think mm -hmm. is real? And so I have gotten that question quite a bit like, were you really a janitor? <laughs> I was like, I'm like, no, I mean, I, I, that would have been fine too. But like, I wasn't. That was just a storyline that we did. Oh yeah. Oh no, no. I I know you obviously wasn't the janitor, but I just like let me let me add that let me add that in and see what he says. Um, <laughs> one, one one thing I've always been curious about is um, can you take me through like the setup? So let's say, um, uh, they okay they want you to rehearse. Do are you given a script? Are you reading everything off a teleprompter or are you kind of freestyling? Uh, do they tell you what episode or what show is coming up next and that you just kind of add your personality into letting the people know what's coming up next, what's to come, that type of stuff. Like how, how does it all work? Mm, so I had been there for like, I think I did YTV for about 16 years. Someone can correct me on this, but like, I think around 16 years. Yeah. Or so. Oh yeah. 16 years. Oh, two to 18. Oh, two to 18. Okay. So there you go. Yes, sir. Um, and so in that 16 years, the way that we made the show, uh, changed not infrequently like it changed every couple of years or so the way that we did it so i do have a memory of starting we never we never worked with prompter not um yeah i think i almost never worked with prompter there what, what, what it was in the beginning was we would come up with the storylines ourselves that we wanted to do so lisa that producer i told you about shug myself 
we come up with all the stuff that we wanted to do. And then um, we would give a sort of a loose outline of how we wanted things to go. And then we would just go and make it. And it would be, there'd be times when we'd be doing it live. So actually in between the shows and you know, you have someone in your ear sort of counting you down, letting you know, oh, you only have this much time before you know commercial break ends or whatever. So get it all in then. Yeah. Um, and then other times we'd record what would be called live to tape because it, it all used to be on, on beta tapes before, right? Like physical beta cassette tapes. And so we would record things uh, as if it was live and it would go to the tape library and it would go up for the show time. Um, but as far as the creative goes, yeah, it really would be us going, we want to do a story about, I don't know, about like giant octopuses attacking the city. And we would make some stuff up and we'd shoot on the green screen and we'd come up with costumes and make props and all this stuff. It was a very like, um, obviously it was very playful, really creative space to be in for a lot of years. And then later on, uh, you know, we switched things up the way that things were shot, but still the idea of, um, coming up with your own stuff was very important. I learned how to memorize things very, very well on that job because sometimes it would give us full scripts of important things that we'd have to, we'd have to actually get word for word. Um, so my training at school at the Randolph memorizing scripts yeah. came in handy because I learned how to memorize scripts really quickly. Um, and yeah, like that's, that was the way that we worked. Yeah, so it seems like you've always been doing things in front of a crowd. So do you mm. did you ever really get nervous? Um, do you do you still get nervous performing or whatever the case may be in front of a crowd? Uh, uh, a twenty thousand dollar camera, like, do the nervousness still get you the same, or do you since you've been doing it for so long, you kind of know how to not feel it the same? Yeah, I, a big crowd doesn't make me really nervous it makes me excited mm. i do love stepping out in front of a crowd uh in the in the work that i do now which is primarily like in studio in front of a camera or one-on-one -on -one in an interview scenario like this or in person i don't have that opportunity as much to be in front of a big crowd so that when that opportunity comes i really really relish it like i really enjoy doing it um and there's a part of me that i uh that i think comes from those older YTV days and those days back in, in theater school that kind of wakes up again about being in front of an audience. Yeah. I, I will say I will get, I will feel nerves uh, more if it's like if I'm in front of peers, people I know who know me, mm. or um, if I think if there's someone in the audience who is, let's say I'm introducing uh, a Sylvester Stallone or a big actor or whatever, I will have nerves about doing that right. Uh, about getting the details right. But otherwise, it's uh, it's a very fun thing uh, for me to do. And yeah, it probably does come from the fact that the first time I stepped out in front of an audience on a stage, I was like eight years old. Jeez. And I've been doing it more or less since then. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Eight, I was I was trying to, to do the math in my head again. But yeah, yeah so I was yeah. about eight years old. Um, what are, what are some of your most, like, uh, still, uh, YTV slash the zone related? What are some of your most memorable moments? I know oh, there's going to be a lot, but if, if you had to give me one that just, it just sticks out. One that just sticks out. Well, you know, it's funny. We made so much content. Like we made so much stuff 
So every single day, Monday to Friday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sundays for 16 years, right? Yeah. There's a lot that comes and just goes. And, you know, what's kind of unfortunate about the earlier stuff is that because we didn't have the internet at the time like we have now, um, some of that stuff is gone, right? So my memory of a lot of things that we did is kind of like, it's not very good, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, but yeah, 16 years say, is a long time. <laughs> dude, it's a long time. But I will say, I... Uh, Someone recently sent me a video of, I think, like my one of my very first days on air, or at least my first day hosting it by myself. My first day flying solo without sugar. Um, the thing was at that time, uh, we were both really young, and our dynamic was like, to me, she was like fully formed superstar. She knew what she was doing, and I was like, I'm stepping into this thing, trying to find, a, trying to find my voice. I don't really know exactly what I'm doing here. I'm more of a dancer, all that stuff. So that that played into like, how am I doing this? How can I do this? So I remember the first day that I was flying solo without her uh, and her energy to bounce off of, that was a, a nerve wracking day for me. I remember it being like, being so nervous. And I saw the footage back and I was like, who is that guy? <laughs> like he, right? Like he looks like a different person, like the way he uses his voice. He's so quiet, the way that he holds himself. Like he's just not sure of who he is. Yeah. But he's out there in front of everybody and he's gotta make it happen. That is that's one of the things that really stands out to me, actually. It's just kind of like and you'll know this too, the longer that you do what you're doing, mm -hmm. you'll look back on your earlier stuff and you'll go, Okay, look how far we've come. Yes. Sir. That sort of thing. Yeah. Now that that was your most memorable. What's what's the worst moment? <laughs> maybe that too maybe <laughs> the same moment <laughs> so so it's like it was a good and bad thing it was a good and bad no I, i've gotten i've gotten the opportunity to do a lot of great stuff and it's full it checked off a lot of boxes for me even just as a as a person not even as a career thing like um i learned how to i kind of like grew up in a way doing that show mm -hmm. and i learned how to do a lot of things while i was on the show so i learned how to interview people while i was on the show so like my you know my early interviews if i look at them now i'm like oh my god like look at that guy versus what i do now where i feel a lot more comfortable but um i went to snowboard while i was on that show Jeez. uh what did i do i went we never we we did like crazy things like bungee jumping um all sorts of crazy stuff that we got to do because it was part of the job and we were like one of the big things about what we did what i always wanted to do for the show was like just bring awesome experiences to kids that are watching yeah either to inspire them to want to do things like that or just or they just have them enjoy seeing people act a fool <laughs> because they're scared of something on camera you know what i mean like yeah. that sort of thing man no money in this world can make me bungee bungee jump <laughs> you could offer me all the money you can you can't you cannot convince me the the fact that my life is being held by that long stretchy cord is not no i can't i can't and on top of that so i i'm a bit of like a thrill guy i like doing that kind of stuff like a like jumping out of planes that kind of thing i like that kind of thing oh my god um yeah yeah <laughs> so but we did this thing we were in bc and it was like bungee jumping off of this bridge, not on our own, obviously, with a, you know, with a company that does it. I remember standing there on the bridge and looking at them very closely, how they prep you for yeah. the jump. Yeah. And they rolled up this towel and they put it around my ankles and then they just attached like the bungee cord to it. And I was like, 
what what else, what else is there? Like, what else is there? Today's like, my last day on earth. Do? Today's and my last like, day. Yeah, they're like, that's it. That's all it is. <laughs> I was like, huh? And then just like, go, just go, whatever. What What was the feeling like? Cause like, I know all the air just left your body when when. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's got to yeah. be one of the scariest things to do. Uh, it is, but I will say, just like everything else, it that kind of scares you. Once you figure out how to do it, then you figure out how to take this the part that kind of like the part that scares you in your brain, yeah. and the part that your body re- naturally reacts to. Like your body is like, I don't want to die. Don't jump off this thing. Mm. You learn how to um, look at that take it put it aside and just do the thing you gotta do and that's that's the same honestly honestly that's the same thing for like i feel like if you are um scared about let's say going out in front of a group of people and you got to speak out on whatever a speech whatever in front of a ton of people and that scares you you recognize the thing that's scary about it you experience that and you go okay now i gotta just do this thing and you just go and you put it away and you just go do it and that's it Mm. Um, what what was the last day like for you when it came to YTV? Uh, it was obviously emotional because you've been doing something for almost two decades, and then just like that, it came it comes to an end. So what what was mm-hmm. that whole feeling like? Uh, it was interesting because I had already started working at ET Canada by the time it was my time to say goodbye to YTV, and that's a, a big reason why I did say goodbye to, to YTV because I got another great opportunity yeah. to try something else, work with another group of great people, and make other stuff that was different than what I had been doing for so long. Um, what was interesting was that my last day, I felt kind of like a guest on the show. My last mm. day was for our Sunday movie show. It was called Big Fun Movie. Um, and at that point in time, I had only been going back to the YTV studio periodically. So it wasn't like I was there every day and then all of a sudden I had a last day. It was, I was there periodically shooting the show every now and again. I had a, uh, there's this guy, his name is, at the time he went by Doing, now he goes by Dane and he's, he was the host of Bigfoot movies alongside me and like we would take turns doing it. And so when I came back, I felt like I was a guest on his show which wow. was very cool, which is an interesting experience to have because I'd never had that feeling before. And they treated me very well. And they, they had um, uh, video packages of people that I interviewed and friends of mine and people that I had loved working with over the years uh, doing their tributes. And it was very moving. Um, uh, and it was just one of these weird things where I was like, I think before that day, I had imagined that on my last day, it would be very, very difficult for me. Like I would want to be like, don't, don't make me go, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the time the day came, I was like, ah, this feels like a nice full circle. Mm. I think I'm, I'm ready now, that kind of thing. That's nice. <clears throat> I see, Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to start speeding it up a little bit because I, I, I got you for a little bit or I don't have you for that much longer. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you had to pick from the next star in YTV, which would you say... Mm. Um felt more at home for you? Uh, well, YTV, like hosting the zone on YTV was my home for oh, yeah. forever. Like, you know, I will say though, doing the next star was uh, one of my favorite things to do. Like one of my favorite jobs I've ever had mm-hmm. uh, 
because again, it checked off a lot of boxes for me. I got to travel around Canada, which is not something a lot of people normally do, right? Yeah. I got to travel around Canada, got to bear witness to a lot of very talented people, uh, meet and work with some new people that I that are still friends of mine, like dear, dear friends to this day. Um, and I got to do things in front of a live audience, which, uh, it, like I said earlier, was an itch I, I don't often have the opportunity to scratch. So the the live shows that we did were amazing. Our finales were always live from Canada's Wonderland in the band show with a huge audience of, of screaming kids uh, and screaming parents. And um, uh, I got to, for two seasons, kind of play out this, uh, I guess I didn't even play it out, I did it for real, yeah. like hosting this competition show. And um, it was awesome. It was, oh, I loved it. That's nice. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what was the transition like going from YTV the Next Star to ET Canada Live? What was that like? Because yeah, probably so, was there more pressure? Was it? Oh, I've been doing YTV, or I've been doing this type of stuff long enough to, like, I know, I know how to work when it when it comes to this type of realm. Everything that comes my way that I uh, want to do is like a welcome challenge to me, right? So um, I'm not going to pick something that is exactly like I was doing before. Mm. Like I had done YTV for so, so, so long, right? That coming to ET Canada was uh, was enough. It was like I had built all these skills and kind of learned the ropes over my years and years at YTV that stepping into these new shoes, so to speak, not necessarily easy, but a lot of it I knew how to do already. And it became like, just kind of like adjusting things in order to meet the demands of what the new job was. And also learning how to operate in this new space and the challenges of, let's say for example, doing the sort of interviews that we do at ET Canada versus what I would do at YTV, just learning how to do things a bit differently um, was a welcome challenge for me. And like I, I, and again, like it's a space I really enjoy being in, and the people are great. Um, and at the next star, was sort of a how do I say it? Almost like a an expanded version of what I had already been doing at YTV. So I got to be myself still, um, but this more like I'm the host of this singing competition show version of myself. I got to just transfer what I was doing already into this new medium. Plus, I got to. Uh, I got to go through the motions of what it was like to host a show like that and do it in front of a live audience, which is great. Yeah, that's that's nice. Um, my, mm -hmm. my last, I, I have just a few last questions here. Um, you also played Mitch in Modern Love. A uh, Modern Love is Automatic. How? What was? What was? What was that like? Modern Love is Automatic. I played Mitch in Modern Love is Automatic. Hey, that's that's what I saw. Did I? Was it not Mitch? <laughs> I've I've had the opportunity to do a couple of on-camera roles on series uh, and in some films before, and it's always been super cool because that was what I wanted to do when I was going to theater school. Like I very recently got a chance to play a, just, I got asked to like be a barista in Pretty Hard Cases, which is a show on CBC. And all the actors on it are super talented and the crew knows exactly what they're doing. And the director on the day, um, is, is a phenomenal, phenomenal director. And so I got to work on set and kind of like live out a portion, a portion of the dream that I've always had. 
uh, even if even though the, the part was really small. Um, so I got to do that. I got to play a, a character on a couple episodes of this kid's show called Miss Persona, which was super cool. Um, and even before all that, I did a I did the voice of who was it Dasher on this Christmas animated movie that went to Netflix, and wow. I didn't realize at the time that I was doing it yeah. that my co-stars in that movie were like Martin Short and John Cleese and like all these huge names. Mm -hmm. And here I am, I've got this little role in the film, but I'm, I'm when I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, my character is speaking to John Cleese character. It was wild to me. And it was one of those things where I almost forgot that I did the thing. I almost <laughs> forgot that I did the role until it came out and I was like, oh, I should tell people I did this. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, nah, I wanna, I, thank you for not making me feel dumb. I can't believe I messed that up, but I swear that's, that's what they said. Like uh, you, yeah. you had a role in that, but I guess, I guess you can't believe everything you read. You know, and it, it could have happened, and I might have forgotten it. <laughs> I'll have to go back and into my archives and check. Oh no, it's all. But good. I appreciate you doing. The, I appreciate you putting in the legwork to find out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll never. Well, I'll do my best never to come come into an interview blind. Cause then, what's the point? Just asking you the most random, generic type question. I, I don't like that. I don't like that. No, it's good. Um, yeah. This is my 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 last thing to you is um the Juno's award. What was that like mm -hmm. for you? How was it? How was it for you this year? Uh, the Junos were a great time. Um, I can't remember the last time I did the Junos, and, and honestly, it might be my first proper Junos red carpet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you red carpets are can be a uh, a weird thing because um, the situation changes depending on the show that you're doing it for or who's going to be there. But with the Junos. It, it felt awesome because it was just a celebration of all these super talented people that we've got in our country. And I've interviewed a lot of them before, and I've been a fan of a lot of them in my life too. Like we did the, the 50 year retrospective of hip hop this year. Yeah. So that was a thrill for me to, to, to be there and get to talk to like Cardinal and Maestro and um, Mishimi. And even though, uh, like I, I grew up listening to all those artists and being a big fan of all those artists, I've interviewed them, you know, in my 20 plus years or whatever on television. But even still, anytime that I see them, I'm still like excited, like really excited to talk to them because the kid version of me is like, wow. You're like a like, kid in a candy yo, store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it feels very, uh, it was a very, very fun event to be at. Uh, a very fun carpet to do. Man, that's, man, that's nice. That's, it's, it's still crazy. It's surreal to me that like that I'm talking to you. I like like I said to you earlier. I still cannot believe that I'm actually like, you know, you know my face. Like I I've, I've spoken to you. I shook your hand, and it's just, I saw this saying online, and I I pray to God it doesn't come true. Not online, but I've heard it growing up. Is you never you should never meet your 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 favorite celebrities. The, the saying went some some somewhere mm. along the lines like that. You never meet your favorite celebrities because you might catch them on a bad day and they'll forever ruin your thoughts on them. And mm. that's, that's just always been my biggest thing. And it, it's so, it's so refreshing. So nice knowing that like I got to meet you and that wasn't the case for me. And I, I, mm. I it probably is never the case for anybody when it comes to, to you, but it was just nice. It was nice to see that you're actually human because growing up when I see you on TV, all you are is just on TV. Like, I, I never have thoughts that I, I'd be in the same room with you, talking to you, getting to know you, whatever the case may be. So 
No, it's just like I said to to you earlier. These are the type of things that just sticks with people for for a very very long time. Well, I appreciate that, and I will say um, it's very flattering for you to say all of that. Um, and if I can add something to the whole "don't meet your heroes" thing, because I've thought about this a lot too. The people say, "Don't ever meet your heroes," yeah. and I kind of think of it as as more of a joke than a real life thing. And if I were to make it a like, if I were to change that up, I would say, "Don't attach your own personal worth to who you think your heroes are." Mm. That's what I would say. Because yes, you can catch them on a bad day, or they might not be a really great person. You don't know that. You you know, no, none of us really know anything about uh, anyone that we look up to, even if we've seen the movies or watched them play the games or seen the interviews or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody has multiple sides to them. So I grant a lot of people who I would look at as as um, people who have been influential on my career or people who I have loved because of the art that they made grant that they are multi-dimensional people mm-hmm. right that are not just the thing that i hope they would be um so they're allowed to be that thing that i love and they're allowed to be something that i don't know anything about at all um and maybe this comes from a lot of practice of sitting across from people that you admire right yeah but uh you learn to understand that okay it, i have i can i can enjoy uh something that they did and on a tuesday they might have been rude to me but then the following saturday we had a great conversation if that makes any sense you know what i mean i tell this story sometimes about um the actor robert danny jr who my first interview with him ever he had just come out of a very bad place and he was doing a film uh where he clearly was not enjoying press junket stuff that he had to do. And he, I think, was having a bad day. And it was, at the time in my career, the worst interview I'd ever had. The worst interview I'd ever had. I I felt embarrassed. I was like, how come this guy hates me? Whatever, all this stuff. Um, And I thought he just didn't care about anything. And then a few years later, I interviewed him for Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Yeah. And I walked into that going, Oof, okay, I got to brace myself. I'd know how he was going to be. And he was amazing. Mm. And and just like so friendly, curious. He wanted to know my opinion about the stuff that they had just made. Um, wow. And very excited about the project and very excited to be talking to people. And so like you said at the beginning, someone can have a bad day. You don't know what anyone's going to be uh, going through when you meet them. So, yeah, I guess long story short, it's not really don't meet your heroes. It's don't attach your self-worth to what you think they're supposed to be. Mm. Dropping gems, Mr. Carlos, childhood hero. I like it. I like it. We got to do something. (laughs) So that's basically all I got to ask you. Is there anything you'd like to ask me before I wrap this all up? Um, I would like to ask you, what is your, what do you want to do with, this with these interviews where do you want to go with this yes sir with with this um first things first i never thought it would get to a point where i'd be reaching out to people like with your status and i always thought it would be a local thing people within edmonton alberta would know me so my original 
my when I first started out, my which was January 2021, my original idea was the music scene within my city wasn't being taken as serious as I was taking it. So I felt like mm. I felt like maybe if I taught if I spoke to the artists personally, uh, people would be like, OK, you know what? Let me give this artist a try because I can see that this guy's human. He's not just. He's not just a guy who just randomly decided to pick up a mic microphone one day and just say, let me let me let me just sing or rap, whatever the case may be. So at first it started off to just put some more light on people within my city. And then it got to a point where I had people from B.C. hitting me up from Okanagan, Vancouver, Surrey. And then I had people in Toronto, Winnipeg. And then and then I, I got people in Seattle which is like, okay, I, you know what? Let me, let me kind of stretch this out. So I went from talking to artists, to people that cook for a living, to people that design shoes, make clothes, um, what's it called? City councilor, started diving into mm. every, and um, basically with this, I'm just trying to get Edmonton known within the world because when you talk to people in other play, parts of the world, like the States or London, whatever the case may be, when you, when you bring up Canada, all they know is Toronto or maybe even Vancouver if we're lucky. I want I want mm. I'm trying to get Edmonton to get to that level. So I feel like if I'm out here talking to people in this part of the world, that part of the world, sooner or later the conversation's gonna come up, especially if they like you as a person. The conversation's mm -hmm. gonna come up, where are you from? There's gotta be more people like you wherever you're from. And once I say mm. Edmonton, Alberta, Alfonso Davis is from here and Wayne Gretzky is from here, they're gonna be like, Okay, okay, Edmonton, Alberta. And then the name just sticks. So to answer your question is, is just to get the city more known, to get the city the to the level that Toronto is known to the rest of the world. That's a nice vision, man. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yes, sir. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah, and that's and I feel like within time it, it'll happen. It's just just got to keep on doing what I'm doing and hopefully the word gets out whenever it decides to get, uh, get out. Yeah, man. Well, keep it up. Listen, uh, like I said at the beginning, it was that instinct that you had to, to turn around and say hi and um, try to make this thing happen. That's going to keep this thing going for you. So I'm excited for you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Is there, is there anything people should be on the lookout for when it comes to Carlos, the childhood hero? <laughs> uh you know what people can watch et canada they can see me there we're on every day monday to friday i recently uh shot a half hour special with a big interview um with big dris idris elba which was one of my favorite interviews i've done in the last man at least the last year last wow, two years wow, wow uh which was super cool and that you can find that online as well so yeah i'm here i'm around Doing stuff, loving life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, it's your boy Convo with Marlo. Say who you are. You got to say who you are. Oh, yeah. I got to do that again? <laughs> yeah, so, that I, again? so I'm good. I was ready. So, so, I wasn't ready. Okay, okay. Was boom. Ready. Okay, my bad. My, it's because you can't see me. It's because I always point out the person. It's because you can't see me. Okay, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Okay, okay. It's your boy Convo with Marlo. And I'm Carlos Bustamante. And I'm out. Is that right? Did, was that, did they do it right? Yes.